Our contemporary reading this morning comes from an L.R. Nost. Do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things break, and all things can be mended. Not with time, as they say, but with intention. So go, love intentionally, extravagantly, unconditionally. The broken world awaits in darkness for the light that is you. Sam, will you come and share a word with us? Well, thank you, Reverend Dr. Rebecca. <laughs> thank you. And good morning, everyone, on this fine Daylight Savings Sunday, <laughs> where I feel a little bit like our call to worship, where I'm kind of still in the darkness here, but the good news is I'm moving to light, and hopefully we'll bring light with our message today. <clears throat> Start first, our, our scripture reading for today comes from the third chapter of John's Gospel. Um, it actually basically picks up from where Reverend Dr. Rebecca was preaching last week, um, the scene with the money changers in the temple. And now we move to chapter 3, and it's an interesting dialogue. It's actually uh, the scripture we have to, for today is really a dialogue between Jesus and a fellow named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is a, a Pharisee, and he shows up one night and says, well, Jesus, uh, you know, you must be right from God. You've got to be part of God, because what you're teaching and doing, I mean, that's got to be part of what God's got going for. It's a little more flowery language than that. But I'm just um, and so Jesus says, well, well, you got that right, Nicodemus. Yep, I am. Part of God, God's part of me, and this is all part of spirit. And so they then get into a dialogue about sort of being born again, and it's kind of interesting poetic language that Nicodemus is not really understanding. And frankly, I don't understand it either, but that's okay, because that'll be another sermon someday. Um, but Jesus kind of gets a little free. He says, look, you know, Nicodemus, it's obvious you're not getting what I'm trying to tell you. It's just not getting through. So let, let me just try and put it to you this way, what, what I'm about, what's going on. And so that's where we pick up with our scripture today. And Jesus says to him, And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the only Son of God. 
And this is the judgment. That the light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Hear how the Spirit is speaking to the church. Will you please join me in a short prayer? <clears throat> Great, open, and affirming spirit of love and light and generosity. We give thanks for this time of union. We give thanks for this beloved community. And we give thanks for the time of union with you. And we ask that you teach us and find us and lead us as we move together. Well, so there seems to be some actually very good news in our scripture reading from today. God so loved the world that she gave her only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Well, it seems like pretty good news to me. I mean, I'm always about eternal life, and love has got to be good. So it sounds like good news. And perhaps the even better news here is that God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Well, that's good, because I kind of not into being condemned, if I can help it. So I think that's great. I'm glad to hear that God's not here to condemn the world, but hold on for a minute, because there's a part of it that doesn't sound like such great news. There sounds like there's maybe a little fly in the ointment here, or as Ayla and I were talking, what we maybe call in the law, a conditional clause that's put into this. <laughs> there seems to be a fairly significant condition placed upon the good news. Apparently, in order to be saved, one has to believe in the name of the only Son of God. Otherwise, one is condemned already. Uh -oh. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not exactly sure what to make of this. I mean, so God loves the world, but maybe God actually did send Jesus to condemn the world after all? Or maybe at least some of it, or at least some of us who don't believe, or at least those of us who are not maybe believing the right way or the right thing? Is that why maybe there are people who do not come to the light, as the scripture notes, so that their deeds will not be exposed? Hmm. Well, I'm not exactly sure, and I, I have to really confess that I've been struggling with this text. This Ayla knows, and Dr. Rebecca, and Reverend Larry Prey, and a good friend Bill back there. I mean, I've just been thinking about this thing because it's difficult because it's been a challenge for me to reconcile what seems to be this beautiful, amazing message of unconditional love that God so loved the world with what I at least at first perceived to be kind of a threat 
a threat of condemnation designed to enforce conformity with like a particular viewpoint. And those two didn't seem to like mesh together real well. And further than that, you know, this notion of condemnation just doesn't seem to really jive with my experience of the divine, with my experience of, of that God presence, of this loving, supportive presence. It didn't seem to really mesh with the way that I experienced that spirit of love in the hospital room as a chaplain or with sitting with someone at the end of life or just being with Aeon in our home or just taking a walk along the lake and the nature and just the way it feels or just being right here in this beloved community with all of you the way that the spirit to me, I don't experience spirit as anger and judgment and condemnation. Spirit to me is a loving, accompanying, amazing, radical, loving presence. Hmm. So what do we do with this passage then? How might we interpret this? Well, since the promise of the good news of this text seems to hinge on a belief in the Son of God, otherwise known as Jesus Christ, then maybe that's a good place to start. Maybe the place to start is to ask, what does it mean to believe in Jesus Christ, and what does it mean to be saved through Jesus? Well, I know that there are some out there who would say that believing in Jesus Christ means that you have to believe that Jesus died for our sins. And if you believe that, well, then all is well, and you're in good. Nothing to worry about here, folks. That's all good. But if you don't, ooh, if you don't believe that, God's going to get you. And God's coming up. And you're in a heap of trouble now. And I actually have read commentary say that, basically, by the way, doing this sermon, but I'm not sure. I think I've read these articles, and they call that atonement theology, and a fancy theological word, or as Ayla came up with the joke, atone death theology, maybe. <laughs> and so hopefully there's no one out there who loves this, but so there's a lot I could say about that, and we could get into that, and I'm sure there's a lot you would say about it, but let's not go down that road too far today. Instead, let me just say that this particular viewpoint, that idea, has just never rung true for me. Even before doing anything in seminary, I just never, the idea of a divine presence that is so rigidly judgmental and angry with humanity that a human sacrifice is the price of salvation just does not mesh with my experience of that divine as a loving, just, merciful, and peaceful presence. And maybe even more to the point, reducing Jesus Christ to a symbol of blood atonement, a sacrificial lamb dying for our sins, seems to contradict that whole message of God so loving the world. And so, how do I make sense of that? How do I make sense of what it means to believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God? Well, maybe... Maybe I think it has maybe more to do with what Jesus said and did with his life and his ministry 
and the way that he walked and moved as he stood up for all of those during his lifetime here on earth. Because I, I know that I can believe in a Jesus who inspired with his message of peace, love, and justice, who brilliantly discerned and taught spiritual truth and wisdom through the parables, who healed all of those afflicted with illness, who encouraged and comforted during times of anxiety and fear, and who dined with sinners and tax collectors, and who, as Reverend Dr. Rebecca mentioned last week, stood up for the poor at that temple when the money changers were cheating them and taking advantage of them, and who unashamedly stood up with the oppressed, defying empire and willingly giving himself up for execution, and who communed with his disciples in that Last Supper and communes with us still. That is the Jesus I can believe in. That is the Jesus I can give my heart to. That is the Jesus I can be in covenant with as the head of our United Church of Christ. That for me is the Jesus who saves. That is the Jesus who I experience as the face of God. Not a condemning God, not a judging and shaming God, but an affirming, a God of unconditional love and grace that affirms all of us, all of creation as beloved, a beautiful divine presence of light that shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. And the way I see it, God's judgment, God's judgment, especially as used here, it's not a verb, but a noun. It's simply stating what is that we all from time to time tend to run away from the light. But if there is any condemnation at all about that, it's only when we condemn ourselves I believe, by separating ourselves from God's unconditional love because we forget in the words of the great poet John O'Donohue to view ourselves with the same delight that God sees us. Because it's so often much easier to believe that we are inherently unworthy and to feel shame and guilt than to believe that we all, that all of us are a reflection of God's light. That's why I think we often run from the light and hide in the darkness. You know, it's easy to understand why we might do that sometimes. It can be so difficult to see ourselves sometimes with that same delight that God sees us when we are grappling with our own personal struggles or witnessing the struggles of others, sitting with others during their difficult times. It can be difficult, as Rebecca just mentioned to us, to walk on a path of light when all of the world seems to be moving in darkness. And it can be hard to stay on that course of justice when doing so often feels like an exhausting depleting, swim upstream against the current. 
These are very difficult times, to be sure. Very trying times. And we all have our own personal battles and communal battles with it. And yet, at the same time, these are also very inspiring times. Because as we come together in this community, we see and feel and experience that the light shines in this beautiful, beloved community as we stand together in solidarity. As Reverend Dr. Rebecca said to us last week, we know in this Lindale community how to do that. We know how to stand together. We know how to move in love. We know how to stand together with each other, with our community and our wider world. We know how to do that, and we move together in open and affirming and just move in that radical love of Jesus Christ. And we all can stay on that path even when it's difficult. And we support each other in this way, in this community. And it doesn't mean that as we stand together in solidarity, that there will never be any grief. It doesn't mean there will never be any pain or illness or tragedy or just personal struggle. But my hands are firing right now. But it does mean that we still